friends, it's Annie and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. You can find that and all of our other content on resurrectministry.com where you can meet Jesus where you are. It is, we've got videos, we've got books, we've got worship bands, Bible resources, everything you could possibly need to deepen your relationship with Christ, whether you have met him or have yet to meet him. Uh, he will meet you where you are. Ask sincerely and open your heart and you will find him there. Uh, we love to hear your comments. You can also write us a, a message from the comment line. I actually got a cool message from really? an old friend a couple of days ago. I loved it. I hear about that. Old friends, if you want to text, if you want to drop me a note, please just use the comment section. I love to hear from my old friends. Is it an old Muslim friend? Yes. Wow. Yes. Are they still with Islam? Yes. But he just wanted to check in on me and see how I was doing. And That's pretty cool, though, that he's still. Fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. Really love that. Yes. Let's see who's joining us. We got Carrie. Hi, Carrie. And Cindy. Cindy got a, your new puppy? Yes, a beautiful dog. No, she was going to drive to get it to me. Oh, wasn't that the puppy that we that saw? That was the announcement. Oh, the announcement. You do announcements now when you get a dog? <laughs> oh, do we have to get, do an announcement? When you get one that cute. <laughs> Ours is pretty cute too. We get that one. Do we have to do like a gender reveal and all that too? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. We're gonna make him his own Instagram account. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Is it a boy or a girl? Boy. boy. Bear. Bear. Yeah, I told him today that we uh, we're most likely going to be getting it. Pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Very exciting. I'll have to try to get rid of this comment. Uh, and yeah, we said yeah, they're Carrie and Cindy because oh. I see what's happening there. She's saying hi to Cindy. Yes. I love it when our friends say hi to each other. It's nice because we're becoming a little uh, church family. A little community. And Cindy says. Oh, she's in the hotel. Get her in the morning and drive five hours. Well, go. safe journey. And I hope it uh, brings you many, many years of love and joy and happiness. That puppy breath smell all the way home. Those little sharp teeth biting into your ears. Or you think she's going to leave them all wandering around in the car? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, very good. How exciting. Yes. All right. So we're reading, um, gosh, I almost said Smith's Wiggleworth again. Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning, and it's January 20th. This is very special to me. You know why? No. Because my hockey jersey was number 20. Ah. It's all very. This is it's very, all about you, love. It's very poignant. Yes. <laughs> See, and Cindy has a crate. I knew she wouldn't have the dog nimbling on her ears for five hours. Good for you. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, the reference is Genesis, <clears throat> Genesis 4.2. Abel kept flocks. Flock mm -hmm. of eagles? No. No. Flocks of animals. Oh, okay. Charles says, as a shepherd, Abel dedicated his work to the glory of God, offering a blood sacrifice on his altar. Therefore, the Lord accepted Abel and his offering. This early example of a Christ type is quite unmistakably unmistakable and clear. Like the early morning's first ray of light barely illuminating the east at sunrise, it does not reveal everything, but it clearly demonstrates the great truth that the sun is rising. As we see Abel, a shepherd and a priest, offering a sacrifice of sweet aroma unto God, we detect Christ bringing before his father a sacrifice that Jehovah eternally accepts. Mm -hmm. Without cause, Abel was hated by his brother. 
in the same way the Savior was hated. Mm. Oh. But the Savior was hated later. Sim similar. He's making an analogy. Interesting. The natural and carnal man hated the accepted man mm. in whom the spirit of grace was found and refused to rest until his blood had been shed. <clears throat> Abel fell, sprinkling his altar and his sacrifice with his own blood, foreshadowing the Lord Jesus. Being slain by the hatred of mankind while serving as priest before the Lord, the good shepherd lays down his life mm. for the sheep. May we weep over him as we see him slain by the hatred of man, staining the horns of his altar with his own blood. Mm. Abel's blood spoke to God. For the Lord said to Cain, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Wow. And the blood of Jesus has a powerful voice. Yet the focus of its effective cry is not vengeance. It is mercy. Mm. Standing at the altar of our good shepherd is precious beyond all measure. To gaze upon him bleeding as the slaughtered priest and to hear his blood speaking peace to his flock. Peace to our conscience. Peace between Jew and Gentile. Peace between mankind and their offended maker. Peace throughout ageless eternity for all blood-washed people is precious beyond all preciousness. Abel was the first shepherd in the chrono chronology of time. But when it comes to the matter of excellence... Jesus will forever be first in our hearts. O oh, great keeper of the sheep, we, your people, the sheep of your pastor, pasture, will praise you forever with our whole hearts as we see you, you slain for us. Wow. Isn't that, see, as we talked about this a little bit last night, how like God's truth is, is cyclical. It comes back to the same patterns over and over again. And that enmity and jealousy that existed between the first sons, you know, Cain and Abel, still exists today. Mm -hmm. People want to destroy people that they cannot control or that they see are better than them and somehow competitive with. Uh, it's interesting because, and this is satanic, right? God creates and Satan counterfeits. And it reminds me of I'm doing an article this week on um, the negative ram ramifications of tran transhumanism, because apparently some Christians advocate supporting transhumanism. So I'm all for medical advancement and technology that will benefit mankind. And that's the argument they make. But once you genetically alter uh, man, then you're taking away his likeness in the image of God. You can't tamper with that likeness and then say that's okay because God says all medicine is okay. Because when the when the purpose is to subdue and control humanity, uh, then that's not okay with God. Right. And that's what Satan is trying to counterfeit. This whole agenda uh, that the World Economic Forum, and they're putting a bunch of kooky agendas, but this one in particular, the control of human beings is Satan counterfeiting God's creation because right. he's so jealous of so he literally wants to destroy it. And it's so important for us as Christians to see that motive. behind it. He just wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our likeness to God, our freedom to um, invoke God as the, as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And this whole agenda is their competition with God. They want to be God. Mm -hmm. but, but people 
don't realize that. And they're like, wow, this is great. We'll get a chip in our hand and we'll be able to scan and swipe it. But ultimately, when you hear their words, especially that guy, Harari, mm-hmm. they're like, we are now God. We are creating a God in Silicon Valley. No longer will man be slave to free will, slave to free will, and have to imagine a God that creates him up in some imaginary universe. But we will now be gods because we can perfect what God was not able to perfect, as if God wasn't able to perfect man, you know, but he, but he chooses not to in some circumstances for whatever reason, because he's drawing his sons and daughters, he's drawing humanity back to him, but they're like, no, we can be gods and make you perfect. It's just a means of wanting to control them. They want to be the God of humanity. Satan counterfeit. And it's so clearly Satan. You can see in the way that they talk, <laughs> right? I mean, they talk and there's this the evilness to it. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's, it's comical it's, evil. Yeah, it's it, comical. It's like a a bad superhero movie watching it yes. you know, at a meeting of all the evil <laughs> villains. Yes. Bad scripts, too. Oh, no, all you picture is uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the, and the funniest one is Al Gore. The, the character Al Gore is screaming and is, is the, the ocean is boiling and you guys need to be. And it's just they're trying to invoke this fear in the people that are weak. There, right. there, there are so many weak people that are willing to listen to all these people that fly their private planes to this you know, meeting. Right saying that we need to get rid of cars, we need to get rid of gas stoves because they are destroying our world. Yet there they are eating probably some of the best food, which includes steaks, where they're telling everybody else where they, they can't eat meat. It's control. And you know what else is there? of um, Prostitutes. Prostitution is... Because it's like the Tower of Babel. Yes. It is the Whore of Babylon. Wow. It is... That's really a great... I'm so... That, that is a really good connection to what we... Read just a minute ago. Oh, did you like that? Oh, yes. That was oh, perfect. Well, thank you. Can I give you another quote? So yep. Harari also says, quote, we are no longer spiritual beings. Humans are now hackable animals, replacing evolution by natural selection with intelligent design, not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design by Microsoft and others. That was a quote? That's a quote. I didn't hear that one. I literally heard him say it. It's, it's and I know cameras are on. Oh, no, no, they're saying it on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, they're serious. Yeah. And it almost like you would think that they would be saying it in closed doors, saying, "Okay, everybody, put no, your phones this in this is basket." An interview of Harari. <laughs> but see, the thing is, is that people, if you do not have a god you answer to, this sounds attractive because they want to beat death. They're afraid of death. Yeah, and so they're like, "Wait, you can perfect me. You could genetically engineer me so that I do not die." That's ultimately what hoping but little do they realize the megalomaniacs that are on the on the stage that want to implement this are wanting to control them they don't care whether they live forever or not yeah they don't want to do any of it no it's a means of controlling right controlling humanity wow great analogy it's not even an analogy great point (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there are no words to express what jesus did for us what a beautiful typology amen yes carrie 
and that carries on to my whole transhumanism <laughs> world form Davos meeting. And they say they love everything and everyone except us remnant believers. Oh, they hate us the most. Yes, for sure. Yes. They can't control us. And it is, uh, it has gone so far. It doesn't even make sense anymore. It, it is, it is so bizarre. Um, but it's important not to dismiss it because I think if you dismiss it as crazy and bizarre, then you won't see the deep spiritual meaning behind it. And I'm going to compare it now. Cause I, as I mentioned, I'm in Amos and what Amos, so right before Amos, the, the Israelites were so uh, gluttonous and brutal and oppressive to the people, they no longer wanted the prophets to speak. They banned the prophets from prophesying. And it's literally like they're doing today. They want to call the Bible hate speech mm -hmm. so that our prophets will no longer prophesy the word of God over people so that they can continue to manipulate and control the population. These are all the cycles of God. You, you take his book and you read it and you're just like, wow, this is literally like today so important you read chapter three and four and god's curse so amos chapter three and four god's curse on the israelite was like the curses he gave to the rest of the people were one thing he says you are my covenant people i will not tolerate this iniquity from you i will decimate you for what you've done and that's the same accountability he gives to us even more so because we have the indwelling of the holy spirit that we cannot god will not be mocked he will not allow us to take those blessings and manipulate them and destroy them and disregard them. He's constantly warning his beloved, don't, don't disobey me to the point where you earn my wrath. It's an important, the, the, the reverence of God's holiness and fear of God's holiness is an important aspect of faith. He says it time and time again. Well, there's two things that are examples, of course, that, you know, because there's people that can say, well, what, why is God so, you know, if, if, if your God is so loving, why does he do that? That's the attack. But it's, it's not unlike a parent. You know, there, there's points where you just say, listen, you need to respect. At some point, you, you, you're treating me like one of your friends. That's what I've told my kids every so often. Sure. <laughs> I am not, and it, it sounds bad, I think, to some people, but I tell them all that. I say, I am not your friend. I am your parent. Right. And you need to show a, a, a level of reverence for your parent. Right. And you need to show me respect. And in your actions, you need to look at what it is you're doing and saying, how would my dad and my mom and Hedia, my, my stepmom, feel about me doing this? You, you have to consider that. Sure. And and I want you to consider it. Just don't blow us off as if we don't matter. Because you see those clothes you're wearing? You see how you got to this location? The air you breathe? You need the air you breathe, the food you eat. <laughs> and so, I mean, that is a, uh, is that a microcosm? Yeah. Would that be a microcosm of what God is? It's the earthly father yeah. compared to the yes. heavenly father. How much more a culpable and accountable must we be? And so, God that gave us breath. and so that you gotta be able to, I mean, tell people, I think uh, on some level says you, you don't understand. I mean, you're, you're saying that the God is so loving that you just, he wants you to just walk all over him and his word and his gospel and what he did and giving his, his one and only son. Exactly. Again. So now he's, he's so loving that he doesn't care that you walk all over him and, and could care less about what his word says. No, no. The other one is, is that, um, the, the people that believe, or not believe, the people that don't want to believe there's only one way to heaven. 
Like, so they, they, well, no, there's all these different other ways. Like you could, you could be gay and do all in debauchery. And, and if you're just as, as, you know, careless with, you know, all the things I'm just trying, I don't want to go too far <laughs> with sexual acts and that kind of stuff. And, and, and then there's, you're, there's that way. You just find the, the God of sex. Yes. And you can get to heaven that way. Well, no. And that's the thing. <laughs> the God so of gambling. Taken, and you get there that way. You've taken as God other things. You've taken other gods. That's what he's constantly, he's most aggrieved by taking other gods. You worship other gods. God of sex, God of money, God of power. So there is only one way. <laughs> yes, there is only one way. <laughs> that's the way it should be. I don't know why that's, why that's bad. Why, why people can't. You know, now they're candidly one way. You know why? Because it's human nature for those that do not want to surrender to believe they don't have to. It's very difficult to surrender. You know that. Yeah. So it's easier to say there is a chance that I don't have to. I want to take the chance that I don't have to. As miserable as my life is without God, I'm going to take the chance I don't have to surrender to. Foolish chance, but nonetheless. Yes. Super sad that people are deceived. Absolutely. And Carrie says, I believe the Holy Spirit keeps us from being deceived. Absolutely. Even uh, I believe it's Paul who says that um, the uh, Satan would deceive even the most elect during those days if he could. So we're just we're sealed into the day of redemption. It's only by God's grace. Really, it is absolutely only by God's grace. Shouldn't it be that simple? Shouldn't these things be as simple as possible? I know there's some complications with the Bible, with the rapture and, the, you know, you know, the, the seven day or seven year tribulation. These, those things kind of get a little bit complicated. But the simplicity of one one God, it's only one God's way God. to heaven is through his son, the Holy Spirit, with, with you know, asking for forgiveness. <laughs> repent and turn. <laughs> and repenting. I mean, these, these are very simple things. Like why? But this is repenting and turning. That's all you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. People don't want to surrender. But I think it's. I think there's power in the simplicity of. There is absolutely gospel. power in the simple gospel. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and Cindy's saying she, her daughter Alex, has to tell her three-year-old often, "No, you are the child. I am the parent. God is God, and we are His children. It's that basic." Yes. Yeah, and sometimes we just all need to be reminded. I used to complicate it myself. I understand the arguments because I not understand. Well, I guess I do. I understand the arguments because yeah. I use them in my past. Right. But as I began to learn and realize, oh no, this is this is so much better. Because I was I was complicating it because but I was that's I, the thing, how long it takes people. Uh, in my little divine appointment today, I, it was hard to get her to see. Uh, if I had more time, I would have been like. But how is this going for you? How is being your own God working out? Because inevitably they'll tell you their life's miserable. They can't sleep. They're depressed. They can't find work. They can't, you know, they can't maintain a marriage or, you know, whatever it may be. But then you say, well, don't you want to try to surrender that then and see if it goes any better? Um, but everybody, you know, in their own time, I guess. And some never choose. We have to accept that too. Well, I was thinking this this one 
aspect. I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words. Hence my heavy breathing and hesitation. But I want to say this, but I don't want to sound like, I don't want it to be woe is me. So as a child, I had parents who were uh, of the World War II era, Mm -hmm. uh, a father who was very strong in his in his parenting with a belt, which I think, you know, again, we can argue about whether it was good or not. I think there's some good that came out of it, but also, you know, there were some times where he went a little too far. But there, there, the one thing was that just the word love was not in any of any vocabulary in my life. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't want the wool with me. That's I'm just true. that it's just there is no, I mean, we never said I love you. And they just it, it wasn't said. And so what you could take from that, and this is kind of relates to the idea that, um, you know, as a child raised in a family where they went too far in the sense of trying to, to push the religion of Christianity. When right. you're pushing the religion of Christianity, it can go crazy. It can go, it can go wrong. And so in the same way that I wanted to be a better parent, it's not that I didn't want to be a parent because my parents were not what I would hope that they would be. I wanted the Brady Bunch family. I I didn't have the Brady Bunch family. It was a little different than Brady Bunch. (laughs) And instead of me making that decision that, you know, I'm just not going to be a parent then because they, because of my experience of parents was not good. So I've decided I'm not going to be a parent. No, I still wanted to be a parent. I just wanted to be a better better parent and I wanted to be the best that I could possibly be. As time went on, I learned that I also made some mistakes early on. Well, but that's always what uh, people do. Uh, that have survived some sort of trauma is they either run towards it to mm. mimic it or run away from it. So thank God you chose the other route. You were like, I'm going to be better than that. You know? Well, and same with the, you know, growing up Catholic, it just wasn't that great of an experience. So it, it took time, but I never, I never completely left. I, I knew there was a God and I believed that, that Jesus existed. I was just very confused on how it all worked, how it all worked. And, it took me a while to figure it out, but I'm glad that I never lost hope that somehow, some way, I would find a better relationship with God than I had experienced as a young person. Pursuing. He didn't stop. It's, it's not me. Nothing to it, do with you. What? <laughs> Dang it. The story was about me. Yeah, as always. <laughs> but eventually, <clears throat> I surrendered. But I think that's maybe the testimony to those people that are broken because of a bad um Church hurt. Church hurt. Yes. But, uh, okay, listen, I understand your church hurt, but instead of running away from it, let's let's find a way to run towards him. Yes. But just do it better. Run towards him. Yeah. You don't have to run to the building. Right. Yeah. It's not okay. your grandma's church. I'm not talking about your grandma's church. I'm talking yes. about Jesus. Church isn't four walls no. and a steeple. Exactly. And it's really a you know, it's important. That's a that's a really important point. Well, that's the that's the hard thing to get across because they associate every hurt that they felt from that with the church. And so that's why, like with my daughter, I try to have her see that every good change she sees in me is from Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I can get her closer to Jesus if she attributes the goodness in me to him. To Jesus. To Jesus. Right. And I know without a shadow of a doubt she does because she knows mm. and full well remembers the mom before Jesus. You know, she may, she may say as of today, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, relationship like you. I don't want to walk like you, but her 
fondest memory will be my mom was changed because of him. Yes. And you hope that has a lasting effect. That's, yeah, I think you're right. Right? I think, I think all the kids see it. In both of us, you mean? Or yes. You? Oh, yeah, for sure your kids see it. But you're, you have the benefit of them always being raised in the church. They yeah. have nothing to be hostile in the church. They didn't see the church as breaking you guys up. Breaking, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. They, it was, you know, big church, little church. It was always a positive experience. You guys, thankfully, did not use church as a weapon, except with Courtney. Mm. That was used as a weapon against yes, her. Yes. And that's that why she hates that. Yep. Yeah. But the youngers, the younger ones, thank God, had a very beautiful experience throughout whatever was a rocky marriage, which is really a gift. I like that nickname for those kids, the youngers. The youngers. <laughs> the youngers. <laughs> the youngers. Hey, get over here, youngers. <laughs> Bring Paul with you. <laughs> Oh, Gary's a product of the World War II parents, yes. too. They pass around the love thing. They yeah. were bent on keeping us strong. And that's their experience, right? They were worried about war and surviving and eating. And, mm. you know, it was, it, it was a different era. Well, the kids from World War II parents uh, created the Internet, created, uh, you know, much of what NASA has, has accomplished. The resiliency, the tenacity. <laughs> yeah. Um, much of technology, the things that we have today that are, I mean, there's more... More, there were more inventions and, and what other you know techn technological advancements. Yes, from the children of World War II parents, World War One and World War II parents. Awesome. But uh, somehow we went, not me, us, because we we are older parents with younger kids. Yes. But there was somewhere in there that it went all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy says. Uh, my kids have connected to Jesus and the changes in me. Oh, that's beautiful. But have not connected with the people at church and have faded from church attendance. Yeah. Uh, I'm struggling with that too, Cindy. Uh, we'll keep each other in prayer about that. But I just I just believe in God's uh, goodness and, and that that memory, that positive, that fondness of the transformation they see as us, in us, as something they'll carry with them and hopefully will eventually draw them to Jesus when they are struggling in their lives. But, you know, it's in God's hands. We pray, we intercede, uh, but we never go up hope. Very good. Let's get the, some other scripture. What? Oh, <laughs> Genesis 4, 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. How how long, if you know, was it that Cain and Abel? How old were they when they killed him? Yeah, from from Adam and Eve mm -hmm. to Cain and Abel. Oh, I don't know exactly, no. but not very long. Wow. Why? I don't know. It's just like. Just the, the evil, like the, it, it went, like, but I mean, it went it's wrong the, fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, mean, was it a couple days? <laughs> I mean, look at it, just the whole story of Eve. I mean, they were walking with God in the garden, and everything was beautiful. And she wanted one dumb apple after talking <laughs> to a talking snake. Like, why did she think she should be talking to snakes? You were supposed to subdue the, subdue the earth. They were yeah. you had dominion over everything, and you listen to a talking snake. Yeah, she's already like going like. Her husband's right there. Talk to your husband. Yeah. And he didn't even interfere. He didn't even be like, yeah, whoa, I mean, whoa, you back up. Just don't, don't be telling my wife to do something crazy. 
And then she like ate the apple and then she gave it to him and he's like, oh, okay, I'll eat that too. <laughs> like what in the world? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dumb decisions from minute one. Oh man. I didn't, I mean, they're not even a generation. No, <laughs> not a generation. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That ultimate sacrifice. Exodus 29, 12, take some of the bull's blood and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour out the rest of it at the base of the altar. They had such complicated rituals and a lot of it involved blood. Oh my God, reading Exodus and Leviticus, you're just overwhelmed with happiness that you are a Christian because God has removed so many of these very technical laws. And, you know, it was never uh, as a means of salvation. They did them all. It's like a psalm. They did them all out of obedience. It was atonement for sin. Hmm. It's not because they thought that that was what they needed to do to be saved. They believed it was atoning for sin. And it was a commitment. It was a covenant. It was what they hmm. were. God required of them. Was there um, how much of all of the steps was from God or was some? Well, I mean, and later on it was manipulated, but Exodus and Leviticus is God. I mean, even down to the detail of their robes, what they wore, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the priests, the rules of the priests, the rules of the people, the days and times of the sacrifices, what kind of animal it had to be, when the sacrifice was held. I mean, the most overwhelming amount of stuff they had to do works that they had to do and so what the thought was i'm i'm, I'm asking from god or from people? from god uh-huh. <laughs> was that i, don't know hey, I, I will make them head. go through all kinds of shenanigans for all their sins and in, in, in the hopes that they would just stop like i can't sin because it, i got to find a sheep i got to do all this stuff and there's blood everywhere and i can't stand the sight of blood um almost like you know you do something wrong and you eat a bar of soap for cussing or you have to write word a hundred times on a piece of paper that's a good point actually i've always struggled with and i don't know the answer to that but i've also struggled with did god do this as a part of his foreknowledge that they would be so exacerbated and tired that they would be so welcoming of the messiah of the promised messiah mm-hmm. that oh my god we don't have to do this stuff anymore and they'd be able to make that connection with the sacrifice the blood right that the, they uh, would be reading their scriptures, knowing that this one was coming, that would be the ultimate sacrifice and that they would no longer have to do these things and they would be so welcoming. Well, they were, it was for some, but some, but the majority not, right? So, um, but it is interesting how God set, set them up to fail, basically. Hmm. I mean, they didn't have to fail so badly. I mean, when you read the stuff that they did, I mean, uh, putting up a golden bull in the temple and fornicating and the, and the husband and the father and the son sleeping with the same woman. I mean, they went way far. Right. Like I understand not wearing the purple robe when you're supposed to, but the, the, the length that went in disobedience was, uh, was shocking. I mean, we were seeing exactly the same thing now that they, yes. they want to be so far away from God that they do all these crazy things, even to the point of, of uh, sacrificing babies yes it's and they're so crazed about it that you just overturn a supreme court decision and and they it literally 
and I hate the word literally, you know how much I hate it, but literally <laughs> they, it, it, they, they, they protest for weeks and they attack Supreme Court and they, they protest there where they live. I mean, it's so, they want, they want this so badly that it's, um, it's demonic. Yes. It truly is demonic. Wow. As Cindy was, uh, Carrie was saying they were grown enough to hunt and farm, so they weren't babies. No, but Andy was asking how long was it before they actually had them? So, mm. yeah, they were old enough to be probably mid-teens. Oh, teens. Well, teens, because I mean, David was already a shepherd by the time he was nine. Oh. So remember, everything happened earlier. They were a little Yeah, I just wonder how long. Okay. But how long but, um, after they were uh, left, uh, kicked out of the garden, how long did it take them to procreate? I thought you meant. All of it. Like, what was the yeah. timeline of, of, of having kids to the kids growing up and then killing each other? <laughs> killing the other one. <laughs> one killing the other one. Yeah. <clears throat> like, uh, that, Not good it? stuff. Yeah. So fast. I think we finished the scripture, except we got one, one more. Genesis, yep. Genesis 4, 9 and 10. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. I am not. I am. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. For God despised most, and he says it in many places in Genesis, was spilling the blood of another human being. That is his creation. If he takes that so seriously, what do you think of, of you changing your, your proteins in your body, mutating your DNA, inserting chips in it that actually can regulate your, your health and your system? Like how would he feel about that manipulation of his creation? He hates it. Right. Despises it. Despises it. <sighs> positive coming out of this yeah we believe in the lord jesus christ and we are uh his chosen elect and we god willing will not be deceived <clears throat> let's pray we're intercessors with the remnant the watchman on the wall alerting people to be thinking of it so many christians i think though are are willing to just i don't know if willing is the good word that that they just give up surrender to the to the demon god yeah i don't know it just makes me want to fight more <laughs> like i just want to do more but why like, but why do you think you do because they know how wrong it is it's just it becomes more and more mm -hmm. clear that it's wrong and you goes against god but you don't know anything. i know put, everything he put that in you <laughs> he put that drive yeah you know, yeah. he chose us, all of us, to be watchmen on the wall. Hmm. Like Jeremiah, like in Nehemiah. Sorry, not Jeremiah, Nehemiah. But I just remember getting messages early on. You know, it, I, I think I mentioned this before when I was doing the devotionals before you and I met. That I, I, so many people would message me um, and say, I prayed and I've listened to you and you keep telling us to be strong and things keep getting worse. They as will, much as I pray, things are getting worse. And, and I would say, they are going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we give up. That doesn't mean we stop. I said, you keep praying, you keep fighting, you keep doing uh, the things that the Lord is asking of you. And that's to stay strong and to be um, courageous, to, to be courageous and to not be of, uh, of fear. He did not make us to be fearful. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. 
that they were willing to just like, okay, I am just, I'm, I can't do it anymore. That's what they would, like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> but uh, they, they go, go back to the Bible because everything that he says is that don't be fearful. Do not give up. Stay, stay strong. Because we want to be forward. accountable to him. Right. Come on, man. Carrie, we don't know how long it was, and we don't know if the boys were born in Eden. I don't no. I don't believe they were, Carrie. I believe they were expelled from the garden right after consuming the apple, like it was instantaneous. Ouch. Ouch. Sending you to... Guarded the tree, put the angels at the guard uh, at the tree, and kicked them out. Yeah, they sent them to whatever, whatever city was like San Francisco. That's where they <laughs> sent them. <laughs> Uh, we are told not to grow weary of doing good, yes. right? Right. Mount on wings of eagles. Absolutely. What else, Schnooks? Wait, tell us a little bit about the, your divine appointment. Maybe somebody could learn a little something about um, I, it was walking a- into a coffee shop. and. Uh, yeah, so I walked in the coffee shop, and I'm sitting at uh, these little couchy chairs that are, there's four chairs. And so this young lady's sitting across from me. And so I asked permission to sit because it's kind of like a four seater place. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Please do. And um, I had a little conversation with the Holy Spirit. I was like, you know, I I could just open my computer right now and completely ignore this woman. (laughs) The Lord's Lord's like, why don't you try something? Why don't you try? Stick your neck out a little. And I was like, Okay, I closed the door of my computer, put the computer down. I was like, what you reading? And that's uh, wow. that's how we got into the conversation. And she told me about a whole bunch of trauma in her life. And her parents were addicts and they were drug dealers. And she was the meth house on the street that blew up. She grew up in Long Beach. And the hard streets of Long Beach, not the mm. fluffy white parts of Long Beach, the upper class. She was in the, in the slums of Long Beach. Uh, and she was the only uh, white girl in her school. And just had a really, really, really hard life. And so when I asked her about church and about Jesus, she said that when my parents reformed, you know, when they got off of drugs, they got addicted to church. That's the way she described it. Oh, She's like, they just switched the addiction and it became addiction to church. And then they tried to dramatically impose that on all of us kids. There was like eight of them and all different dads, and it was just chaos. And so she said, I associated their addictive, abusive behavior with church. And I would want to know part of it. So she says that they would act one way in church and come home and continue Mm, to beat them and harass them. And the hypocrisy was abhorrent to her. And so I tried to talk to her about developing a personal relationship with Jesus and she wasn't having it, but I hope I opened the door and I at the, I just ended it with, um, I pray God's peace over your life and that you find peace and happiness. Did you get a chance to share much of your walk? I just about my relationship with my daughter and um, I did the same thing in that I, I made choices for her. She had no control over, but um, I tried to bring her lovingly to see the beauty that I have found in my life with Christ. But um I do force it on her. Hmm. She didn't happen to mention what her parents are doing now. I don't believe she's communicating with them. Uh, I wonder how that turned out. If they ever figured it out that what they were doing was not, that was religion. Well, she said none of the kids are around, you know, they all dispersed. So she doesn't even talk to her siblings. So I don't suspect uh, that it was successful. 
in that sense. Yeah. But just a sense of just a word of encouragement to uh, take the nudging, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, because I have no idea what seed that planted, but the Lord clearly wanted me to show her kindness. And Maybe, maybe for the first time she saw what somebody looks like that's in a relationship with God as opposed to uh, somebody who's religious. I hope so. I hope so. Because they even watch on television, those the television pastors, you don't you don't see somebody with a relationship with God. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see religion. Yes. Yes. And money making opportunities. Yes. Oh, that's another thing. Yes. She was going to a local church in Yorba Linda and all they did no, she was going to influence. Oh really? And she stopped going because all they did was talk about money. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the infomercial. I can see that. Yeah. People are just tired of the infomercials. Yeah. Gotta go to Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Preach it. And maybe Kindred. I think Kindred is the same way. So I'm gonna hold hope that there's another church near us that has the same every time I hear not every time. When I hear somebody talk about Kindred, I hear very similar things. Nice. So yeah, he seems it. great. The hard thing. To remember is it God who brings them to him. Yes, absolutely. We yeah. are commanded to preach the gospel. Make disciples of all the earth, but ultimately it is his choice. But it's just it's uh, one to me is rewarding uh, to hear God's call and to to obey it. It's just like everything else. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Um, but we do it just to be salt and light on the earth, and we have no idea what effects it has. We have no idea if it was worthless, but we answered the call and we obeyed it. So what's the date of our home church? So those people. 29th, 29th. January 29th. Sunday. And what time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. So if you're going to be local. Please come on by. If you need our address, anywhere. just messenger us. Yeah. Anywhere in Southern California. Even flying. Flying from Australia. <laughs> Kate. We don't see Kate today. No. But yeah. I mean, we've had people come from fairly far. Bakersfield. Yes. San Diego. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if you're in any of those areas, come down. We'll feed you. We got food. <laughs> it makes some great Persian food. <laughs> and come to, Cindy's inviting us to her church. It's a Bella church. We give God the glory. Amen. And we love yeah. each other. That's fantastic. Awesome. I love that. Very good. All right, my love, you want to tell them about uh, our app? The Edify Christian Podcast Network. Woohoo! E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P. Like, subscribe, download the podcast. It would be a blessing to us. That was the fastest 43 minutes that I think that I, I looked up and saw that. It was unbelievable. I thought it was still like 20 minutes. <laughs> Isabella, Oklahoma. That's good because there is an Isabella here in California. I, I remember Isabella. she said Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. We love you guys. God bless. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Friday night. We appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care. God bless. Bye. Bye.